You're listening to Borderline Idealist. Join us every Sunday for new episodes where we focus on introverts, highly sensitive people, and mental health. Log on to BorderlineIdealist.com for past episodes, blog posts, and to find ways to support us. Together, we can give a voice to introverts and tear down mental health stigma. Hello, everybody. This is AJ, the INFP, and I'm here with my mother, Loretta Jeffries-Young. She works for NAMI, and that's an organization that supports and educates people with mental health, and she's a mental health advocate. Do you want to say hello, Mama? Hello, and NAMI is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Yes, ma'am. So, uh, with my mom here, I want to ask her five questions about borderline personality disorder and really just the things that I've gone through to help others understand and to really help other parents understand. So, Mama, I'm going to start with the first question. Explain what it's like to hear that your child has BPD or a mental uh, since we have mental uh illness in our family, explain what it's like to hear that about your child from a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a therapist, just hearing that for the first time. Um, well, hearing it for the first time um, was enlightening for me in the sense that I knew that um, you were experiencing some some bouts of um, sadness or in uncertainty. And you spent a lot of time um, with withdrawing for yourself within yourself. Um, you didn't uh, like to be around too much of the high school, the middle, the middle school and high school crowd, because um, they didn't know at the time that they were also doing some um, uh, things as typical young people would do to one another so therefore you had made some decisions to just um keep yourself out of those crowds in a way so what happened seemed that you got more and more um uh withdrawn and so i started noticing that um in your times of um uh solitude uh you would do a lot of writing or uh, just really a lot of, I think, soul searching. And um, when I finally uh, heard when you had gone off to um, uh, college that you had experienced some severe bouts of, of sadness, I was grateful to the psychologist who called us in and explained um, what was going on with you because I was grateful to understand that there was a difference between a psychologist's point of view to a psychiatrist's point of view. And that's a very important thing for parents to understand um, because one hears you, cares about you, and experience your inner needs. And the other is going to ask you what's wrong with you today and try to prescribe some sort of medicine to make those moods um, or 
uh, feel moods better. And so it's very important, I feel, that a young person or anybody that's experiencing medical illness have the two coming together. Because when you have two of them working together, of these professionals, I believe it helps to create a whole person. And so, therefore, um, I was grateful to be able to look at you and see you from both sides of the spectrum. All right. Thank you, Mom. And uh, the second question, it kind of hits on what you were saying about me in school. Uh, the second question is, did you ever think that I had a mental disorder uh, or that I, I would have one? Was there any, um, anything that stood out to you that maybe it was more than just uh, sadness that I was experiencing depression or that uh, it was more than not liking people that I experienced anxiety? Did anything stand out to you or was I was I good at hiding it from uh, you guys? Um, no, I didn't think you had any kind of mental illness growing up um, because you come from a large family. I just thought that you were experiencing some typical growing pains and till um, um, I started noticing you started uh, staying a lot more to you, to yourself and um, then I started um, uh, finding out that you were self-medicating yourself with some items. And when I started to find these things, I couldn't understand because you had always been brought up with um, knowing the difference between right and wrong. Um, but it seemed like when you had decided that you were going to bring home certain friends, and I started noticing the friends were wearing black and the goth, and then also um, I started finding the... Um, uh, the stimulus that you had in the house that seemed to be making you happy to medicate yourself. It made me very sad that you would have chosen alcohol or, or, um, or marijuana or something like that uh, to ease whatever you were going to at the time. And I just felt that you, you, you as a teenager are, uh, felt that you found a group of people that accepted you and in accepting you to be a part of this group you started to partake in the habits that they had so therefore um and you self-medicating yourself that way I think it disguised those symptoms uh from 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 me and from us because you were pretty really good at at hiding it because um, you were very happy on some days with our family, then some days you were to yourself, and then you just started hanging out more so with a group of people, more so than the family. So I suspected something was going on, but you had a need to belong, and that was very important to you to be a part of a group to belong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's true, especially with borderline personality disorder. I always... Um, I guess felt separate or apart, and it was very important, especially when I was smoking pot. Uh, that kind of helped me deal with my anxiety 
or or at least I, I thought it did. It kind of agitated it a little bit more, mm. but it kind of it helped me deal with my depression also. Mm. And yeah, the more I tried to hide it, the more it started coming up more. Yes. And I would start to wear a lot of uh, black uh, in high school. I think during the end of high school, 11th or 12th grades, when I started wearing color and people let me know that I was wearing color, they're like, oh, we see you now. And that was because I, I guess I felt like I didn't want to be seen. Mm. But, you know, there's there's only so much that a, a parent can do because you're wondering, you know, maybe they're just being a teenager. They're just taking on uh, a new person uh, personality, just trying to uh, fit in and be cool. But you're you're still wondering, you know, in the back of your mind, what exactly is going on with this this child. So I'm going to move on to the, the next question. So during my time in, in college, I would be in and out of in and out of, of classes, medically withdrawing, uh, usually because I would be cutting myself or there would be too much depression. So I would sign up for classes with good intentions, a full schedule saying, I'm going to go to all these classes. I'm going to make A's. I'm going to do it. When I finally got there, someone would look at me the wrong way. Someone would say the wrong thing or I was saying the wrong thing, I felt like. And then I would stop going to class and I'd start drinking, uh, smoking pot, uh, just doing anything that I could to self-medicate. And there was a time when I went to college and I believe I went to the, the mental hospital six different times, like pretty much back to back, it seemed like, right? So my, my third question is describe how my many visits to the mental hospital uh, affected you and my father just affected what you, you your perception was of, of what was going on with me. Well, we didn't know that um, you had the need for the mental facility until we had gotten a call that um, you were having some, some stress issues, some sadness issues. You had gone to see the psychologist um, that day and um, just just had a really bad episode. And that was your first time going there. And I think what happened was when you went there, you felt that you could finally talk it out. You could finally go inside of yourself and really speak the truth of what was going on with you. Because for so many years, even though I felt that it was so, that I knew that um, you were experiencing and questioning uh, your identity, I had accepted your identity. But I think also what it was is you were still... I, I didn't teach me accepting that I was uh, gay, and I, I kind of went through saying, you know, I was bisexual, I wasn't sure, and then finally I, I told my parents, I'm gay, this is who I was, and that was that was a big uh, moment for our family. I just wanted to clear that. And, and the thing about it is when you had started going to the facility the first time you were reaching out, because I think you were very, very, very sad, and you just started feeling hopeless, and... Then when you met a person such as your your psychologist and he identified with you, he knew that you needed some kind of self-care. So I was grateful in meeting him and grateful to him explaining um, that this would help to bring you out and to um, examine what it was exactly that was making you sad. So the the times that you had gone to the center, I was grateful 
when you would come out to sit with us during the, the meeting time to tell us that you had found a physician to physician and group to express who you are, who was going through, who 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 were going through various things. But the most important thing about it was you started to journal. You learned to journal. Mm-hmm. You learned you had to take some kind of medication to balance out what you were going through. You had to talk through your past and your present and what did you want your future to go through. And you got an opportunity to see people who were were experiencing similar symptoms to what you were experiencing. And I think you started to see, hey, uh, it's better to talk about it than not to talk about it. So every time that you went in, and then you felt good enough to come back out again with the to- coping skills that were taught there. You made honest efforts to go back to college and to uh, attempt to uh, find some kind of normalcy in your life. But what happened was every time you got to a certain point, you would just uh, retreat back and get sad and thank goodness you knew to go at this college facility and find, seek help. And I was grateful that you knew that you could seek help. And the facility was close by campus. The physicians were used to you and were familiar with you. So each visit there to me made you a stronger person because um, you learned to journal. You learned about, you had to take certain, the certain medications to balance out your emotions. So um, I was just grateful that um, when you were cutting, you weren't successful at doing self-harm to yourself. And I was also grateful that some of the folks that you met who have been on your side of the tracks taught you to not be in denial of it, to accept it, and you would find a way, your own way, to defeat the demons that you were going through. And so I was grateful of for those visits because after you finally came out for the last time, we brought you home and I took care of you and um, uh, tried to encourage you because you you had a, a beautiful uh, gift for writing, your professor said, and I always encouraged you that one day you were gonna be a great Hemingway. And so even though you stayed in your room, you didn't wanna um, uh, socialize with anybody for about four years, Finally, you decided one day that you were going to take an online course, and I was so grateful. It took a long time um, for you to to get on track with that online course, but you found something that you loved, and it was hospitality. And I was so grateful for the day that they told you that you had to come in and tuck in a sheet or show them some of your habits that you had Uh, learned online and you had to come in and socialize and that was the biggest step you leaving your room coming outside the door and going to the uh, the college to meet your professor and when you entered into the class you were hesitant but eventually you put on your shirt and you would go to class and eventually you had made a friend and then you started going to the college course, I uh, was grateful to see the strength that you obtained, and from that, you I was so shocked 
uh, the blessing of you became a presidential scholar and learn your task and um, you learn how to take your medicines and fight with your demons even though they don't go away you uh, got the elephant out of the room because you accepted you had a mental illness but you weren't going to let your mental illness defeat you and that's where we're at today trying to find a better way for you to cope and an acceptance of um, your mental illness uh, and how where do you go to from here so you can continue find hope and um, understanding um, your illness. Yes, I, I remember uh, journaling that was very important to me because actually I was going to college at the time for creative writing and that was a great escape for me, writing fiction, uh, writing uh, poetry. And every time I would go to the mental hospital, I would always just write about my experience, write about how I felt. Right. And, and luckily, I, I haven't gone back uh, since all those times in college that I went. Right. Right. And it's because I kept up the, the work of going to a, a therapist, trying to stay with my, my medication, even though, you know, sometimes I would get off, but I knew when I had to get back on. Uh, it was always funny to me that I went to school for hospitality because I always felt like I hated people or I didn't like people, but it always seemed like uh, they liked me or that I had the, the personality for that. So I remember going to, you know, getting getting the, the scholarship to go to school and I started going, you know, just doing online, but then I found out I needed to go up to the school and actually talk to people yes. and go to classes. And I had so much anxiety about that. Yes. But my parents were very supportive and I would I would go I had to go there. I remember going to uh stand in the line to buy books and that was scary because there were just so many people. I was there alone. The only person that I could you know, uh, talk to in that line was myself. And I was like, oh my goodness. But the more I was there, the more I got to let my personality shine through. And I was like, this isn't so bad. And long story short, I started working at a hotel for for three years and started getting promotions and getting better and dealing with more people and more situations. Getting awarded top employee of- Yeah, mom alumni. Top, top employee for two years in a row. The Soaring <laughs> Eagles Awards. You know, doing beautiful, top of your field. And like I said, you know what you're doing. You have your life together. But you feel a need to reach out to others, which is what we're grateful for. Because it's always great to tell your story. Mm -hmm. Because if you tell your story, then someone else will come on. And that's why I uh, became a family support teacher uh, for NAMI. Um, so that I can be there and to tell my story so that others will tell their story and um that's a great thing when someone you see relief and pain uh because it is painful to know that your child or your family is suffering um suffering because you don't want to see a family member hurting and i only find truth and um in expressing um that there is something that can be done with uh, mental illness in, in the family. And you have to learn um, about the medications. You have to learn about the, the moods, the symptoms. You have to, the most important thing about mental illness for a family is getting the um, caregivers help that are taking care of their, of their mentally ill um, uh, 
uh, member of the family. And when you unite together and you're not in denial, the family can become so much stronger. But we're finding out that so many families are in denial and so many husband and wives, marriages and families are separate because you have so many people in the family that it's a hush-hush thing, and you don't want to talk about it. And we must talk about it. We must talk about it in the churches. We must talk about it in the communities. Uh, there's nothing like advocacy because, you know, when your child is under um, 17 or 18 and you're going to a, phys a physician for low self-esteem problems, and all of a sudden they turn 18 and they find out about the HEPA laws that mom and dad no longer can get information about them, they can shut you down and shut you out. So it's great to meet people that are in advocacy groups or meet people that want to talk about it because, therefore, if your family members know that you care about them, I think they really wouldn't shut you out and shut you down in the issues of their mental health, health care because if you go to the physicians with them and show you care, then they will continue to let you be a part of their uh, mental health protocol. And that's the most important thing, families working together and showing love and understanding. No one knows anything about mental illness until it rears its ugly head. And when it rears its ugly head, we should all be ready to defeat this, this demon mm -hmm. because it's if we don't look at it now for the issues that are popping up our families. I always say I'm doing it for my future generations because I didn't know anything about it. I didn't understand it. And when I see it in other people's children, we find out a lot of uh, young males are being self-medicated for AD, you know, for attention deficit problems or something else. We need to reach in back into these homes and the communities and find out exactly how young people are feeling. And if you ask them, how are you feeling today? You'll be surprised of the answer you might get from a young person. And, and I know that's why you joined NAMI because so many of us have dealt with, so many of your children have dealt with depression and anxiety. We have so many stories uh, about uh, different things we've done to ourselves or uh, how we're taking it out on ourselves. And you saw that and you decided to take action and educate other families. And that's valuable experience and, and information to give uh, people. And just as my final question, what do you think is, is the most important thing that other parents should know about their children that are dealing with mental illness or parents that uh, have children that are not sure if their, their child is dealing with mental illness or you know, like I, uh, when I was high school, just wearing black. What is the most important thing for, for those parents to know, for them to look out for? First of all, we say never give up hope. But the main thing is pay attention to their habits. If they're staying in the room more, if they don't have a lot of friends, kind of, you don't want them to have too many friends that are not good friends. But if you see them being sad, withdrawn, uh, not doing the typical teenage or ch uh, childhood um, task, start questioning them. Start asking them, how do you feel today? 
You know, is there something I can do for you today? Let them know your door is always open to them. Um, the way I look at it is I, you don't have the book on parenting. And um, even though I have five children, I never would have imagined that any of them would have had any kind of mental illness or anything that was related to bullying would bother them so much to cause a self-esteem problem. Um, it's a, a, a unfortunate thing that young people are going through in the high school these days, in the middle schools. I found out from looking back in, in, in my time of raising children, I find that the middle school years are the years that we must open our eyes and our hearts to see what is going on with our children. Because it's not the elementary school, it's the time where they're trying to fit in, where they're trying to find out why Susie won't sit with me? Why Joey won't eat lunch with me? Why is it when I come to the table, they get up and leave? Why is it they don't like my accent? My, why is it they think that because I'm smart, uh, they should want me to be dumb? You know, there's so many things that young people are contending with. And I'm so grateful today that I see so many activities and organizations against bullying in the schools because it takes one bully on the internet to destroy a child's life. And so we must look at this years after they leave elementary school and they enter into the middle school years. These are the years I truly feel, it's not high school, it's the middle school years because that's the time that they're trying to find out who am I and trying to identify with a group. And if they don't find a group of girls or boys or kids that I like them to identify with, it can destroy them for so many more years to come. And it will affect their grades. Watch out for the grades. If you see a sudden drop or a dramatic drop in grades and you see school participation, please just have a minute. I find out that dinner time is the most important time of the day. I know we don't have time for this much anymore, but family time, if you have a family, whether it's grandmama taking care of the children or our auntie, we must sit down with them and find out what is going on in their everyday life. But it's the middle school years. It's the growing years. And we must never, never, never give up hope for our children. And if you have mental illness or you even think there's mental illness in your past family members, remember, just look back. Think about it. Think about when you were growing up in your family, somebody that was acting a little bit out of out of line, but everybody said hush, hush about it because that's what happened. And that's why when these incidents of mental illness pop up in the family now, we can understand it better by and by. So please, please don't worry about, about mental illness. There's no stigma in mental illness. We must defeat this. We must for future generations and just continue to love one another and listen to one another. And uh, I'm really grateful for my son. I'm really appreciative of what he's trying to do out here for himself and young people and especially for families because I find no shame 
in having found out there was mental illness in the family. I found great, great gratitude and blessings in knowing that I can reach back into the community and give up myself through um, working with mental health advocacy and also being there so that a family member or someone in the community would like to stop and say, hey, you know what? I'd like to talk to you about this today. I'm grateful. Yes, children definitely need love. They need validation. They need to know that their emotions are important. They need to know that they're they are important. And so thank you, Mama, so much for those those beautiful words and that advice. I'm sure everyone appreciates that and it'll give them something to think about. And uh, for you, my friends, I just uh, want to remind you that I am on YouTube, on Twitter, I'm on Spotify. <laughs> I'm a little bit everywhere. Just look for INFPBPD. And uh, also my WordPress blog, you can find it there at infpbpd.wordpress.com. I want to again thank my mother, Loretta Jeffries Young, for everything that she's doing to attack this, this uh, problem of, of staying quiet about mental illness and defeating the stigma. And together, I know we can do this, uh, Mama. And of course, I get my strength from you, and I know you know you're pulling some strength from me. So to, together, we feed off of that. So we love you. Thank you. And so to to all my friends, I want to wish you once again, Matt, love. And this is AJ, the INFP, signing off. If you love listening to the show, why not support our cause? We ask for a dollar a month to help grow our website and reach more people. If you feel like what we do is important and makes a difference, we ask that you stop by borderlineidealist.com and click on the Patreon link in the menu. Thank you as always for listening, sharing, and inspiring us to do bigger and better things. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. Follow us on our Facebook group and Instagram for more behind the scenes. If you like the episode, why not help AJ and Chris reach more people and leave an iTunes review to help others discover the podcast. Together, we can defeat mental health stigma.